Hello, everybody. Hello, 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 and welcome to another fantastic episode of Nerds of the North, the premier former video game show hosted by two brothers and third guy only live from Simon's Basement, Adam's Basement, and Matt, I believe, once again, now on a second floor. Back on the second floor. Back in the second floor. You love to see it. I am your father, son, and the goalie host, Simon Pazor, joined in solidarity by my faithful squad mates, my fellow Spider-Man, Adam Pazor, Matthew Manny. How are we doing, Lance? We're okay. We're busy. Like, pre-Christmas is crazy, man. Yeah, there's a couple things to do. No kidding. A couple things to do. But you know what we did this past week? Uh, We all, and this is the only way for me to guarantee that you guys would see the movie, is to buy you the tickets for it. Uh, We all went and saw (laughs) Spider-Man No Way Home. And uh, so this is going to be a review. I'm going to have spoiler in the title, which I'm sure if you clicked on this, you know that already. I'm saying this more to remind my future self, but uh, we're going to spoil... This movie, big time. This is your one, and uh, this is your first and final warning. Yeah, I should say because we're pretty much going to take the entire episode today to talk about No Way Home. Because wow, wow, this movie. Uh, we all saw it on the Thursday night, the 10 p.m. I then went and saw it on uh, the Friday afternoon, at 3:30 p.m. And I'll say. I'm actually I'm considering going again tonight to be honest because I know Matt you're in the same boat where it's like for the past two well three years now I guess I've just occasionally been watching like Infinity War compilations to see Thor coming down to Wakanda <laughs> and see yes. the Endgame compilations of Cav catching Mjolnir and like there's one weekend for it because the second weekend isn't as wild as the first so it's like yeah everyone's I- already seen it already or it's the people that aren't as into it so you don't get like the whole theater you know bursting out into applause kind of thing exactly so there's already diminished returns but it's like i'm gonna spend the rest of my life and i say that i know that sounds cheesy but honestly wishing i could capture that lightning in the bottle again i may as well like what else am i gonna do on a on a sunday at 10 30 i may as well make the attempt to just to just to feel something you know but anytime (laughs) that there was a big cheer and there were some big cheers uh, for the Thursday, like, 10 p.m. showing. There were a lot of big of, cheers, yeah. There were. Anytime there was a big cheer, there was a small cheer at my afternoon showing. Anytime there was a small cheer, there was a no cheer. And there were certainly some things that I, like, wanted to get more cheers. But also I got to hear more stuff. Like, I got to hear uh, – to- whoa, whoa. again? Well, we already said spoiler. I got to hear Toby's back actually crack. Like, I thought they were just kind of shaking, but I guess everyone was laughing too hard to hear, like, the crack sound effect Yeah. Uh, when we saw it. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, his back does actually crack. Sorry to, to tell you that Toby's in there, but I don't know what I don't know what more. If you're... I mean, if, if you are invested in Spider-Man enough to listen to a podcast about it, you are probably invested enough to find out that Tobey Maguire was in it before you saw the movie. Yep. Yep. <sighs> yeah. The, we'll never know what this would have been like to go in totally blank, but that would have required a complete media and technology blackout for like six months which is just not feasible unfortunately because of the the shit show that is twitter and reddit and everything shame anyway let's talk about the movie shall we i'm not even going to talk about oh you know what i am going to talk about one thing that happened this past week we're going to do a full episode on the game awards at some point it's probably going to be not the next episode but the episode after because we of course the hawkeye finale i do want to talk about a lot of stuff that happened at the game awards uh, and a lot of the trailers, but there's two things that I want to get out immediately. First of all, my boy, It Takes Two, winning Game of the Year. 
absolutely love to see it. I literally shrieked in my uh, house, and then I had to recreate my shriek because I wanted to capture it on camera. So I rewinded and I did it again. I think that's what I said to you guys. Yeah, I but remember getting that. I was hooting and hollering. I was like, oh, my God, they did it. Like the little... I don't want to say indie game because it's not an indie game, but the game that's like not even full price, that's like couch co-op that goes against, and there's, you know, no DLC, goes against everything that like is bad in gaming. And also the director, I think he's from Sweden, he got up there and he pretty much was like, yeah, fuck the Oscars or something like that. Like he had a comment. He was like just really entertaining the entire time. So that was wonderful to see. And also I have, and I'm actually drinking some tea. Would you like me to share some tea with you guys? (laughs) <laughs> here's the tea Dish it out. that uh i have it on good authority and by good authority i mean a rumor on twitter <laughs> which we all know we can totally trust their lives yeah i mean it worked out for spider-man uh that there was originally supposed to be a harry potter magic unleashed trailer and the last second they cut it and uh that's why we got a trailer for wonder woman instead which was really just hmm. a lighting model of the wonder woman character from the game yeah because I was thinking that too. It's like, damn, it's been a, it's been a while since we saw that, and that they've just released on Twitter like in the last couple of days that we're gonna hear more updates on it next year, and it's still on, it's still scheduled to release holiday twenty twenty two. Okay. Harry Potter Magic Unleashed. But I was thinking about that. I'm like, hmm, it's been a minute yeah, since we heard about that Harry yeah. Potter game. So yeah. next trailer better be significant. But yeah, I mean, Wonder Woman was exciting to see. But I, it was like, hmm, you guys, that's just all you have? Okay, well, maybe that's why, because they had to do a little little swap. I'm sure that all the companies have one of those, right? Like, if something goes catastrophically wrong with their main trailer, they have, like, a backup announcement just in case. Probably, yeah. Just get, just get like, one employee to spend one day doing, essentially, like, a lighting tech demo. And that's like, exactly what it was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's like, who's got a good voice? You got a good voice? Okay, go, like, say two sentences that sound cool. There we go, trailer. Perfect. We're good to go. It did look good, though. The model did look good. Anyway, speaking of things that looked good, Spider-Man No Way Home. Yeah. Ooh, this movie, yeah. I, uh, I, <laughs> well, if you, if you already listened to it, let's put it like this. If you already listened to it, we're going to, we've released a bonus episode, which is just a streaking for 15 seconds. That is ultimately our Spider-Man No Way Home yeah. review. But, uh, <laughs> here we go doing the actual Spider-Man No Way Home review. This movie was amazing. I will, I will tell you guys. I'm going to start on a down note. It was not quite as amazing the second time, but I think it was as opposed to some movies like, uh, honestly, like even Infinity War or something, but some movies like, I'll use one of my favorite movies of all time, The Martian, which I can watch on like consistently on repeat. I think that this movie requires so much emotional investment. And when I saw it 12 hours later, my emotions hadn't had a chance to recharge. <laughs> like I hadn't missed... Mm-hmm. I hadn't missed Toby and Andrew enough that yeah. when they showed, like, I was still happy, but it, like, I did notice that I didn't get to the same highs I did the first time. But that first time, though, <laughs> <laughs> real exciting. Like, I, I'll say before I throw it off to you guys, I said this to both of you guys as we left the theater. Every prediction that we made a couple months ago when we looked at the trailer. We were either bang on or they exceeded our expectations. There's really nothing that they showed that uh, I was disappointed with. I thought it was pretty much all good. There were some things like, why is Peter fighting Doctor Strange? Like, does Doctor Strange kind of turn evil? I thought that when Doctor Strange was in conflict with Peter, his character was maintained. Like, he really, he's like, I'm sorry, kid, but like, we gotta do I, we gotta I don't do. have, 
I don't have a no killing rule. Did you see what we had to do to Thanos? Yeah. Like, I, I thought that was great. All the character arcs that we were worried about were great. All the reveals were handled great. I thought the whole thing was just a, a magical, magical experience. Adam, to age comes with age comes experience. So I'll send it to you first as the more experienced one. Uh, what were your thoughts? Generally. Just overall, I mean, I think I said it at the time. Ten out of ten, no notes. Like it was, it was everything I wanted it to be. And yeah, we were wrong about some things, but we were right about a lot of other things. And everything we were wrong about, I'm like, yeah, no, that's that was a good decision. Um, yeah, it was. It was just. It was so much fun. It was actually. I guess to, to throw back to our uh, our Marvel tier ranking, this was what I wanted Endgame to be. Like, this hmm. was, here is literally 20 years of payoffs going back to the Raimi movies, and you hit all of them. Like, you stuck everything. And the Endgame one stuck, like, two things. It stuck Captain you know America. That was about it. I was thinking about that as I was watching it, because, like, I knew this movie was going to be for me. What it also reminded me a lot of, like, I, I've said in the past that I'm a, a real sucker for... Not necessarily time travel, like, back to the future, but getting, like, to revisit things and have a second chance. I'm a real sucker for those type of stories. I've talked about it with the Fire Emblem DLC several times. Yeah. Uh, and this was that in a big, bad way, but I was also thinking, this is kind of time travel. And didn't Adam just shit talk time travel? So, not necessarily here, because we have a lot to get through this episode, but I'm sure someday when we're stuck at a family dinner and we're bored to hell, I'm going to be like... So how the hell could you like this movie and hate Endgame? Because, uh, although it's funny you say that, and I'll go to Matt in a second here, because to me, this wasn't what Endgame should have been, because I liked Endgame. This is what Game of Thrones should have been. Fan service in the best way, pay off people's theories, everything lands in a way that, yeah, it's what we predicted, but that's because we predicted well, where you have a smart group. I was just listening to a podcast, this will make sense, I swear, on Ted Lasso, and, uh, what's his name, um... Jason Sudeikis? Yeah. Yeah. He -hmm. was talking about how he had an acting coach when he was young, and he basically said, uh, teach or treat your audience like poets and scholars, and they will rise to the occasion, was the advice. Like, don't dumb things down to them. Don't assume people are stupid. Treat them like they're smart and they'll understand, and then they'll rise to the occasion. So treat your audience like, yeah, we made predictions, but it's predictions because we're smart, and we made good predictions. So... Matt, did the Game of Thrones thing come up to you, and also just general thoughts? Oh, I think the Game of Thrones one is a very good comparison, actually. Um, this this paid off fandom in the way that Game of Thrones didn't really. Um, I uh, I also had an awesome time with this movie. I'm not quite like ten out of ten, no notes. Um, I think th- there was there was a few little things that bugged me or that just left me like wanting a little bit more. Um, that just sort of I felt like should have been there, um, but I mean overall, like really, what can you say? Like as as a fan of a series, this is like the best you could ever hope for, and honestly, probably even better than you could ever reasonably expect. Um, just the, I think even more than Endgame, this movie pays off uh, fandom over a long period of time better than anything I have ever seen. Yeah, I think the more comparison, I mean, I understand why it makes sense for Adam with Endgame, but I think a better comparison even than Game of Thrones is Star Wars, right? Like, we had uh, 20 years isn't 40 years, uh, but it's closer than 10, and it's also like a disjointed group of three movies, so I think Star Wars is the the better comparison. So, 
when you think about how Rise of Skywalker tried to honor three different sets of movies versus how this movie did, it's night and day. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine explaining this movie to someone who had just seen, you know, like Spider-Man 2 in like 2003 <laughs> or 4 yeah. or whatever it was? Yeah. Like, man, just where we are now with these movies is, is something else. I, I just, I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of my thoughts are going to be ripped off Reddit comments because I've been in the Reddit threads for the past few days and it's just been wonderful. But one of my favorite ones was imagine in like 2018 telling someone that Willem Dafoe's Green Goblin would be one of the MCU's best villains. Right. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, yeah. but like honestly, but he was are. that good. Yeah. yeah, he catapulted yeah. himself up the rankings. Or that like Jamie Foxx would get another shot as Electro, or they would bring back the fucking lizard. Like yeah. I mean, at least Willem Dafoe was liked and do such a good job. Yeah. Oh, he's so yeah. good. Jamie Foxx was amazing in this movie. Like, like I didn't see Amazing Spider-Man too, but he was really good. Yeah, he wasn't great. I mean, I only saw it the once, and I barely remember it. Um, but yeah, they changed like they changed his look. That they commented on that. They made electro blue. They like changed the vibe of him. The one thing that I do like is I I actually thought that the song um, from the Amazing Spider-Man two, because it was with uh, Pharrell Williams and Hans Zimmer. It was like this weird like pop dubstep thing called My Enemy. It's quite catchy actually. And when Electro before he turns back to yellow or to yellow for the first time, I say. When he does the the zap, you can hear the blah, 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 which is like his old theme song. And I was like, hey, they found a way to, to sneak that in there. There's a lot of really interesting musical stuff going on here. Apparently, the composer is Michael Giacchino. I think he might, like, he's coming for Hans Zimmer's throne because I feel like every time <laughs> I see a movie or a TV show or whatever that has, like, amazing music, like, I've been listening to the Up soundtrack a lot lately because just life is sad. And, uh, like, Fair. I watched the new trailer for the new Batman movie. He's doing that too, apparently. It's like, man. This guy is everywhere, which makes sense because he kills it every time. I mean, I know we'll get more into the musical beats later. We're still in the general thoughts section, but wow. Yeah, total redemption for a lot of characters. Completely agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, shall we start the recap? Let's do it. It starts, uh, I know a lot of movies say that they start where the previous movie left off. This one does. The first L- shot literally. is also yeah. the last <laughs> shot of the previous movie. Yeah. Uh, although the last one, just like the previous movie, ended on a, 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 a an f bomb that got cut off, right? Like yeah. Homecoming ended on um, Aunt May saying "What the fuck," and then yeah. the same thing happened with Far From Home. It didn't happen in this movie, unfortunately. It didn't end on an f bomb, and also Peter kind of says "What the," f-? and then a car horn blares. Yeah. But I still think if he finished the sentence, we would have heard it. But whatever. <laughs> Disney's not ready for that. We're not ready for that conversation, neither is Disney, and that's okay. So then we get uh, another section of Peter and MJ flying around, which was quite entertaining as Peter's freaking out. I did, like, he dropped her off on uh, one of the high-rises, like a like a metal beam a somewhere. support, yeah. Yeah, and then he starts, like, continue talking on his phone, and internally I said, isn't she just, like, standing on a bridge support? Yeah. And then three seconds later, uh, Peter. <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so sorry. I, I also just, I mean, I'm sure, similar to you guys, their relationship was not the the best part about the previous two movies. But it really, I thought, did quite well here, including when he's, like, swinging her around. He's like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't want to be doing this. Oh, yeah, this is by far the strongest their relationship has been. I honestly yeah. never really bought it 
in in the previous one it's like okay yeah it, it's peter and mj they're together yeah sure and i mean i i liked uh you know zendaya's mj like her character was fun but i never really bought the relationship between them uh but this one i definitely did you like really actually felt like they really cared for each other it was nice to see yeah like peter was always kind of this ray of sunshine especially in the previous two movies and she was just this dark cloud and there didn't feel like there was enough kind of connective tissue between the two of them until you get to this movie and then you start to see okay she's kind of she's got that i mean her motto expect disappointment you'll never be disappointed so she's you know what's the is it a george Carlin line adam or it's a a pessimist is just a disappointed optimist or something like that yeah yeah disappointed realist or something uh, something like that something along those lines so that yeah that that fit her to a t here and it's like okay so steve or uh, not steve peter has maintained his outlook she's lost hers unfortunately but they have like the same core i kind of kind of understood it okay so then we had just an extended sequence i called the, the life sucks section and there was a lot of things here i thought um i watched a a review from, I believe his name is Chris Suckman. He's a couple YouTube guys that I watch. I don't know. You guys may have seen some of his stuff somewhere. And he kind of took the words out of my mouth when he was referring to the previous two movies. And that's John Watts, who the director of this movie, is the only director in the MCU to complete a trilogy. Which kind of sounds bonkers. But the Russo brothers did not direct the first Captain America movie. That would be the obvious one. And Taika obviously didn't do the first two Thor movies. Thor movies, yeah. And there haven't really been that much. And then, then the Iron Man directors, John Favreau, only did one and two. So he's the first one who really got his vision all the way through. But when I think of the first two Spider-Man movies, he's like the last person I think of. You don't really feel a strong directorial presence. Do you know what I mean? No, the, the big presence in the first two is Tom Holland. Yeah. He, he dominates those movies. And, like, and, and Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> and Robert Downey Jr., yes. Yeah. They're, they're the big deal in that one for sure. Uh, so I didn't really feel him. I did start to feel more of his um, like flexing, I guess, in this movie. And it started off with this extended one-shot sequence where it starts off with Happy at the door. And you can see like Maze trying desperately to close the door and end the conversation. And then they hear a ruckus in the room and Happy's like, no, I should go check. I should go check. And they go in and, of course, it's, you know, they get back to their homecoming, um, John Hughes' roots. Where they have it, they, I don't know where to put it. I don't know what to do. Ah! And then they yeah. walk in and they're in their underwear. And so that was oh, yeah. funny. And they have a long sequence. So they walk outside. And it's like a two or three minute scene where they're trying to hide the fact that their identity has been revealed from May and Happy. And it's all a one shot. And I kind of appreciated that they're, oh, I'm like, right out the gate. You actually did yeah. something this time. Okay. Good job, buddy. Uh, and then, of course, it ends up with. Uh, them going to school. I'm going to go to you guys in the section in a second. I swear to God, I'm not going to recap the entire movie. <laughs> uh, but I also did like how they were bigger parts of the previous two movies, but how they did find a way to get the three teachers in there. Hannibal yeah. Burris, the conspiracy theorist, and uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just great with the, the montage. And, and hey, you can feel free to uh, to walk or swing or climb or on crawl. the ceilings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or crawl <laughs> to whatever <laughs> whatever place you want, whatever you want to do. So that was, uh, yeah, good to see those two guys. They didn't have a very long scene, but they made the most of it. It was just, just pleasant to see. But I'll go to Matt, you first this time. Uh, how how'd you think of, like, Peter's life falling apart? I honestly found it a lot more realistic than these 
than these kind of sequences tend to go. Because like we've we've seen it lots of times, you know, like the life sucks sequence, where just things aren't going well and being the hero is sort of getting in the way of their life. Um, this one felt more believable to me. Um, other than the not getting into MIT thing, that seemed a little odd to me. But other, like, I, it really felt like being Spider-Man was actually getting in the way of his life. And in a very just sort of like natural teenagery kind of way like it it was impacting in his life in ways that felt very real to the experience of a high school student mm-hmm. you know yeah it like i find other times i don't know they just often don't work for me but but this one this one really did and it still found a way to be funny and stuff like that like the the uh the long sort of like wonder when peter first comes into his apartment um was great um yeah i i like the sequence a lot more than i usually tend to like those kind of things yeah interesting adam yeah i i I thought it was a very strong opening now that matt has said that um and i i guess i'll come back to this once we get later into the movie but there there's a scene later where and um I i forget who says it but it's when they're all gathered in the apartment and i i think it's is it electro somebody says like you don't have to compromise you just take what you want, or something to that effect. Um, and by somebody, did you mean the main villain, Green Goblin? Is it Goblin? Okay, I couldn't remember if that was after he had that reveal already. Peter, um, Peter, Peter. Yeah, that's right. And I kind of wish, like, I really liked that scene, but now that I'm thinking about it back in the context of this, it's, it's, it's almost like that was a it, that was supposed to be a payoff for this. It's like, oh, hey, look, your life was falling apart, and he's right, you. You, uh, you're trying to do this balancing act and you can't, and you can only do it if you, you know, be more ruthless, but like Peter already made the dumb choice and that's how we got here. So the speech kind of comes too late. Um, Mm -hmm. but I really like this as set up for that. I agree with Matt. It feels very, uh, realistic. The MIT thing is kind of weird in that if only because it's like, didn't all the other letters also say, Hey, you're Spider-Man. So no. Like, is that the only one that said that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and if and if they they weren't getting into their backup schools for reasons not related to Spider Man, then you'd think they also wouldn't get into MIT for reasons unrelated to Spider Man. If that was the most difficult one, yeah, I feel like Spider Man should have been the reason for all of them, or like only the weaker ones. You know? Yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, I guess when you put it like that, uh, it makes sense. But also, I can't think of a way that they could i mean clearly they want the reveal of mit to be because of spider-man because it gets them to do so that's like that's just kind of a reality of the way it worked i i watched um a different reviewer that basically said and this is what i agree with i mean this i don't know if i'd go 10 out of 10 no notes like adam would be very similar i i think this would be in the transcendent tier actually for using that um i don't know but it's not perfect because 10 out of 10 implies perfection but i think the second half of this movie even though i just said it wasn't perfect the second half is perfect yeah. I, think. I, I really don't have any like criticism with anything that happened in the second half. It's like, could they have found a more elegant way to get to some of these places? Yeah, probably. But once yeah. it kind of kicks off and then um, the other Peters show up, from then on, I don't see a way that they could. I, like, I don't really have any problems with it whatsoever, but it's a good point. I never thought about that. All right, so you guys already got there. We had the MIT montage. A lot of time passes. Like, it starts off clearly in the summer because uh, at the beginning of the new school year and then that takes us all the way to Halloween 
to after Halloween. So I think it's like a mid-November kind of thing, right? Because you have to well, take the Halloween decorations down. Oh, right, we're down. taking the decorations down. Yes, you're right, of course. Yeah. yeah. And then I believe, yeah. I feel like there's some Christmas stuff at some point in the Doctor Strange fight montage. But either way, so it's like an early December, mid-November type deal somewhere in there. Uh, and then you have the MIT thing where they all find out that they're not going to MIT. And the reason listed is because due to recent controversy with your spider friend we've decided not to, to bring you in i don't know i can't speak to universities as to whether or not that'd be a valid reason but one of the big concerns that i certainly had and i think you guys did when we were thinking about it you know a couple months back was how are they gonna just fight peter trying to do this and i remember looking at peter's face when he's in that coffee shop and thinking i get it i get it like i can totally understand how like He's looking at this, and he's seeing not necessarily his life ruined because he's too selfless for that, but he's seeing two people that he really cares about lives ruined. And they're wonderful enough that they're not blaming him. You know, They both yeah. say, I think I wouldn't have done anything different. But it got both Tom's acting. I thought Tom was phenomenal in this movie, too. Yes. But Tom's no, acting in the situation. This is the best. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, but it, it, sorry, it just got me to a point where I believed that he was willing to do what he was willing to do. Like it made sense in that moment to make the attempt. Yeah. And, and I, I thought that went well. Yeah. I thought some of the other bits could have probably been handled better, but yes, no, I thought that was, that was a very good, once you get to that point, the rest of it sort of falls into place. Um, and of course, like, and it, it makes sense, like just to go on to the next scene, it makes sense that, Stephen Strange would be okay with doing this because it's exactly the sort of thing that he would do. Um, yeah, that's the other thing we were really wondering about. Like, why is Wong, uh, you know, not agreeing with it? Why is it, like, we, we kind of even joked, I think, is, like, Stephen a scroll or something like that because it just yeah. seemed, like, so out of character to just, like... But then I thought that the solution was kind of elegant. Well, we know we're not going to do the times. And I thought that uh, I'll call him Stephen because that's what he requested in the end. That Stephen Strange, he had a couple good like adult speeches to him. You know, I kind of really feel yeah. for you, and and I, you know, that's it's awful, but I don't know the time stone. So this is kind of something you're gonna have to live with, which is really unfortunate. But then how they got him to it, it's like, well, I mean, what about just a forgetfulness spell that he's pulled off before, so he yeah. knows it works. I thought that actually worked too and that was something i worried about oh man that was that's also one of my favorite lines of the movies like you remember that party at wherever it was you no the lunar exactly. party commentage exactly yeah no yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. i will say i did find it a little bit too convenient that um basically one strange start like as soon as he starts casting the spell then it's just like oh well actually it should be like this and it's like no no it's too late <laughs> if you talked about this five seconds ago we would have been fine but now now it's too late um that one it's like i know they have to get there but yeah. that one moment it, it's just, weird it, he it didn't felt stop. quite forced to yeah me. it's yeah, weird or he just didn't stop. or just <laughs> take 10 because the, it, it, the whole thing felt a little bit rushed or it's like i want people to forget that i'm spider-man okay 10 seconds later i'm already starting the spell we're yeah. not going to discuss what this means or anything beforehand any concerns are now too late. Yeah. That yeah. felt pretty forced and a little bit too convenient for me. It didn't, like, ruin the movie by any means. But, you know, just just one moment I wasn't a huge fan of. I think it is in Steven's character, though. Like, think about him as a surgeon, right? It's just, I'm going to, fuck it, I'll do it myself, right? He knows yeah. how to do it. He's just going to do it. And he's not going to, 
he doesn't think about the nuances necessarily, and that we saw that in What If as well. Um, yeah. Like, hell with the consequences. I know what to do. I'm going to do it. And then Peter is just like, oh, this, oh, this, oh, this. And that's also very in character for him. Yep. Oh, definitely in character for Peter, for sure. Uh, yeah. I, I agree with both of you. I think I I also would have probably preferred it if maybe, like, I know I know why they did it this way. Because, uh, as we've said in the past, all great Spider-Man stories have to have, if Peter wins, Spider-Man loses. And if Spider-Man wins, Peter loses. Like, it's just a direct one-to-one that the misery has to be connected and uh and so i get that's why they wanted like peter to make this fake and then it fucks over spider-man and then because of that peter gets fucked over in the end but i wouldn't have minded if dr strange had been like look kid like it's all or nothing like not try to change it yeah but maybe in the moment say like, it's all or nothing like this is a spell where i'm trying to cast it over the entire world i can't pick out five people that's not how this works yeah. It's either we do this or we do, you know, so. But and that's then part- something else causes it to fuck up. Yeah, I, I, I could have seen that. Yeah, and then, well, I mean, you could even have had the Peter say, well, you know, but then in the course of the negotiation, maybe it still goes wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but I feel like there was not very complicated ways that they could have maybe handled it better. So I think that's just why it stuck out to me a bit. But the, I, I, better, yes. I'm not sure if it could have been funnier, though. This was the funny way yeah. to do it. Like, I think the better way is probably he starts casting exactly what Simon said. He starts casting the spell. Peter goes, oh, wait. And he goes, it's all or nothing. And then later Peter goes, okay, never mind. I can't have them not know. And he tries to stop it and it just explodes. But that's not nearly mm-hmm. as funny. Yeah, not yeah. as funny as him making the attempt. Oh, but happy. You know, like, does yeah. happy really need to know? Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I did, I, like, speaking of funny, I thought that, um, Benedict Cumberbatch had a lot of funny moments in this, but they all felt in character. Like, I know the big thing, and it'll, it may even come up, and I know it's bothered some people, including you, Matt, in the past with MCU movies, is, like, the change in tone. It hasn't bothered me that much, and especially it doesn't bother me in Spider-Man movies, I don't think, because it's kind of in character. But I thought that where Doctor Strange was funny, it felt in character for for Doctor Strange. Like, uh, for example, when he, when MJ later on makes him say please, and he kind of just like, okay, whatever, please, yeah. Scooby, do this shit. <laughs> shit. <laughs> stuff <laughs> stuff like oh. that was funny, but it wasn't like he was cracking jokes in the same way that Peter would. It was just, yeah. he delivered it well. Yeah, uh, the, the humor all felt like very appropriate to the character. I thought pretty much, pretty much throughout. And then after that, we had a scene where Doctor Strange, I get, he gives like Peter a, a real adult talk, and I don't mean the birds and the bees, because that's clearly for Happy and May to try and do, as we discovered earlier. But he gave him the adult talk of, look, if you already called them and they said no, then there's really nothing you can do. Called them? So what do you mean, call them? You didn't try calling them before you had me brainwash the entire, entire world? world. <laughs> <laughs> Which is just so perfect, because like, I, I don't know if you guys particularly Adam, because you get ahead of the plot, but me, me, big dummy, sit there, go. I was like, yeah, of course this makes sense to do. And then when Dr. Strange says, did you try the most obvious thing possible? I, I too, was like, Peter, I was like, oh, you know what? Yeah. <laughs> we I was the exact that. same. Yeah. <laughs> Probably would have been smarter. Yeah. Anyway. I was like, hey, why, why are you giving well, Peter I mean, a hard time? Having oh, 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 yeah, right. I, I didn't. I've never applied to a university and, and been rejected, so I didn't actually know that was a thing you could do either. So when he said that, I was like, oh, I was right there with Peter. I was like, that's a thing you could do? They got, like, my reaction would have been identical to Peter's. I got this letter, and they said no. 
Like, is yeah. that not? But also a good a good character to have that conversation with. Like, you might not believe it from someone who didn't have a doctorate and so might have been in that exact situation. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. So he's not. This is not. Uh, like the character, the superhero, Doctor Strange. This is literally Doctor Stephen Strange, surgeon, telling yes. you, "Hey, you know, if you didn't get in, anyway, we got to keep cooking because shit, there's a lot of this movie to go." <laughs> so then that backfires. Uh, Doctor Strange contains the spell, although a couple squeak through as we're about to discover. Uh, Peter goes to he first of all he calls up uh, Flash Thompson and bribes him a little bit to tell him where the lady to convince is. She's on a bridge. Peter goes. He's got the world's worst suit, but he makes the attempt. I also thought it was very endearing how he gets there, and he clearly does not have a script or a yeah. uh, speech prepared, and she calls him out for that. That was great. And then ah, it begins. We get the nice, crisp, hello, Peter, with uh, Alfred Molina returning as Doc Ock on the screen. And uh, I'll let you guys fanboy out in a second about this. What really impressed me throughout this entire scene uh, was how good Auk looked and how amazing his fights looked. Like, I was a little worried back in the day. Of course, everything was practical. They used puppetry. They used, like, his arms looked tremendous. I was a little worried that going with full CGI, they would kind of lose the magic. But, like, when he's throwing, like, buses and those big wooden cinder blocks and, and, and cars and stuff at Peter, he felt very competent. And it was a a fantastic villain scene. I and mean, it's really the only like major fight scene Doctor Octavius gets. But I thought I thought it was just wonderful and of course it kind of ends up funny. I will okay, maybe this is where I, I, I don't particularly like the fact that they basically neutered Doc Ock the entire time with the nanotechnology. If I had to make one change, I, d- mm-hmm. I didn't particularly love that. But again, I'll put that aside because it got us where we needed to go and I'm happy about that. But Adam I know you're a big Alfred Molina fan. I am a big Alfred Molina fan. I like. I was the thing I was worried about is that is yeah, kind of in a similar vote. Is now that the CGI like what's it going to look like? Is it going to feel like the same character? And it does. Um, it it looked it looked right. It felt great. All of the the throwing was good. They brought back that he like how he talks to the tentacles. I really liked that. Um, I actually really liked the nanotechnology thing because I think it was a neat. First of all, it's a neat method of. Um, like just Peter actually getting to use some of the tech that he has to do something and also to like, cause they needed one of the villains to be hostile initially. Cause you need that, but also in a way that's controllable and none of the other, like if Sandman or Electro go rogue while they're having the conversation, there's nothing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, if Goblin takes over, there's again really nothing you can and his his being a hidden reveal is kind of the point like ox the only option here's a you can physically see that we can contain this man and you need someone who's against the plan yeah similar to the doctor strange thing i understand why they did it i and i i understand that's probably the most elegant solution that they had to get there but uh, it, it, the thing that I thought was the big weak point of the previous two movies, uh, especially in retrospect, was I think most people would agree the weakness was Peter not doing it himself, like relying too much on Iron Man. You know, that's like the people who actually don't like those movies. That's their major criticism. And I think the best part about the previous movies is when Peter doesn't have to do that. Like uh, when he's fighting the Vulture in Homecoming 
and he's in that dumb homemade suit and he gets all the stuff crushed on him. He's like, come on, Spider-Man, come on, Spider-Man. Yeah, that is pretty great. I agree. That's mm-hmm. the best scene. And so this is like, was it Peter being clever? Sure. I mean, he was also clever later when he was fighting Doctor Strange. This was more, he gets the advantage of, of Tony's tech again. So to me, that made it feel a little cheap. Matt, what do you think? I was I was sort of neutral on it. It didn't bug me that much, but it I I was of all the villains that were coming back, I was looking to looking forward to Doctor Octopus the most, um, and I was hoping for something maybe just a little bit more interesting to happen between them. But I I also understand in just in the uh, the limitations of what you can come up with for the movie, it was this it was an elegant way to just be able to move forward with the thing. Um, I certainly couldn't come up with anything better. Uh, um, so I, I I was fine with it. Yeah, it didn't even bug me that much, but if I'm like I'm looking for criticisms and that's what a review is, that was one of them. And then, it, of course, that scene ends off. Uh, shout out to the admissions lady for getting mad at Doc Ock at the end there. And you, that was yeah, not that was okay. <laughs> that was a funny little moment. And then it's, it happens with uh, Goblin's about to show up and then they get Doctor Strange teleported into the Undercroft and I, too, was like Peter. Like, I love how it held on him. Another good directorial choice. How it held on Peter for a while there, being like, what? What happened? What the, what the fuck just happened? Yeah. And then you see they have, a, like, a dungeon where they can store everybody, and that's where Doctor Strange uh, kind of gives the lowdown to Pete. And uh, they, he's already captured Lizard at some point. Yeah. Who doesn't talk. It doesn't reveal that he's, uh, you know, an intelligent being. Which I thought was actually a pretty smart move by him you know that's a good card to hold on to right yes it is mm-hmm. yeah quite enjoyed that okay so then after that they make a plan they're going to go all capture the villains and they're going to trap them in the undercroft and then they're going to press a button and that button is going to send them back and that's all they know about at this point so they know again maybe my favorite underrated line in the entire movie was coming up where they know about a flying green elf-looking character. <laughs> and Dr. Strange just says, he sounds jolly, go find him. <laughs> because, that like, pretty great. It was like, that's not how the Green Goblin is, but it was a perfect like telephone game version of it. I'm like, I can yeah. exactly see how you would think that that's some sort of Santa thing. Uh, yeah. That, uh, both times, like, the, the second theater that I saw it in, I don't think anyone laughed at that. I was just, like, cackling. I'm like, he sounds jolly. Uh, that's great. Uh, anyway, so then they have to go find, and then we see, like, a little bit of movement in the woods. Uh, and then, of course, we, we see Electro, who I believe I already talked about, how they threw his theme in there. That was good yeah. to see. He charges up with apparently different, ele- whatever. I don't give a shit about the fact that it makes no sense, uh, because we get to see... Uh, yellow proper electro instead of the unfortunate blue avatar mess that was electro in the previous movie yeah. uh but I'm, I'm gonna go to you guys in a second here one of the things we were most worried about a few months ago would would aux character arc be maintained we'll get to that later it was and Sandman wasn't really that bad of a guy and so i was so relieved when the first thing that sandman does is stop Electro, talk to Peter, and then help Peter. When Sandman eventually kind of goes rogue, he did it in a way that I understood. I understand also that I need to get to the big final fight scene, but the reintroduction of both those characters, like, as opposed to the previous scene, no notes. I thought that they, I thought this was a, a fantastic scene. And Jamie Foxx, 
the, this is where we got to begin to see him looking at like regular ass Jamie Foxx. Phenomenal. He had some of the most underrated funny lines in the movie, starting off with, are we just going to sit here and pretend like I'm not butt ass naked? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, no, that was, yeah, I agree. That, that scene was real, real good. I liked everything about uh, the Sandman revealed. His effects looked good. The electro stuff was fun. Like, all of that was, was, uh, was really good. I'm going to cut myself off here because we're running out of time. Yeah. My theory is that both Thomas Hayden Church and uh, Reese, I don't know his last name, I don't know if they couldn't come back to film or they didn't want to because, like, Sandman can turn himself human-looking. He doesn't stay sand the entire time. And then uh, I wasn't totally sure with the lizard because... I hadn't seen his movie as often, but I've seen Spider-Man 3 enough that I guarantee, like, at the end when he turns back to human, he's, like, looking at his hand. That's yeah. reused footage from Spider-Man 3. I, 100%. That's I th- when he was turning. Was, I think it was both for the Lizard and Sandman. That's what I mean. I think it, it, I, th- I think it was also for the Lizard, and I know it was for Sandman. Yeah. And Which so I didn't I, know until after the fact, so, you know what? good job because i think if i had heard that beforehand i would have expected it to like a lot worse than it did yeah 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 uh i just i'm curious as to why they couldn't come back that's like also his voice sounded different to me so yeah i don't maybe they like they blew all the de-aging budget on molina and defoe because they knew that their faces were more important like it could be i don't know how much older they looked but i guess it's been like 14 years for sandman too so yeah it's possible he he had lost it like he devolved Right? Because he was unstable. Could be. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. Clearly, yeah. I mean, Electro... It could always just be a, a case of actors not being available or not being interested yeah. in coming back. That was my that was my yeah. guess. It's yeah. like, I'll come back, but only for some voice acting. Like, what, you're not going to pay me the same as Molina? <laughs> okay, I'll come back for some voice acting. Whatever. Anyway, so that was great. Then they go to the scene, and this is where the movie starts to really kick off. We kind of theorized this. I, either it was revealed in the trailer or we theorized this. I feel like we had an idea... But it was, the, they revealed the fact that as the villains all start talking together, they all pretty much died. So this, or sorry, in between there was a scene where uh, Norman shows up. Kind of a big deal, because he's the primary villain in the movie. Uh, he breaks his Green Goblin mask. Good choice. Defoe's too good of an actor to hide behind a mask. Uh, he goes to feast, and then you get kind of Aunt May saying, like, look, this guy's lost, and not just in his, or not just in the multiverse, in his brain. And that's where you start to get the feeling like she's really pushing Peter. Maybe these guys aren't the type that you should beat with your fists, but you should help. Beat with your brain. Yeah. Which was establishing that early on and, like, really making Aunt May hammer that home, I thought was a a smart way. Anyway, but because I don't want to keep Adam here forever, and Matt, of course, uh, we'll move on. So then we have the, the reveal that they all are kind of aware of someone else who died, right? Yeah. So Electro doesn't know that he died, but he puts it together. He's like, I was about to turn to pure... Oh, shit, I was about to die. (laughs) Another great line from Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Uh, And then, of course, Auk knows that Norman died, which is news... Particularly news to Norman, because, yeah, yeah, he was uh, the goblin at the time of death. And uh, and then Sandman knows that Auk died. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a great little moment where it's like, oh, wow, they really all did go back to die. And uh, so I, I honestly saw both sides. I saw, you know, the, all the villains not wanting to die, which is a weird thing to get into. It's like, I guess the, yeah, they, 
they did kill people like nonstop back in the day. It was more normal. Where now it feels like we should be saving these people. But then I also saw Doctor Strange being like, we can't tamper with fate. What what did he say? Something along the lines of, in the grand, in the mathematics of the universe, their death is worth more than their saving or something like that? Yeah, Yeah, something like that. Completely agree with him. But I also couldn't argue with Peter. And like, even in in the original movies, like, Spider-Man doesn't kill most of them. Like, they, they die. But, you know, like, Doc Ock and Green Goblin both kill themselves. You yeah. Know, so it's Peter's not running around murdering people. Although I I do like the character choice to be like we can save them, so let's try. Yeah. Yep. Completely agree. So after that, they uh, officially get Ned and MJ out of the movie. They had some good lines, not gonna lie, but they get them out of the movie for a little bit, and they head to Happy's apartment to try and save everybody because they have an assembler or whatever the fuck it's called. I don't think it matters. Fabricator. One of the th- fabricator. That's the one. One of the things that uh, Peter used to make his suit in the previous movie. And uh, so they go there, and again, the villains all have some fun lines in Happy's apartment. Uh, are these your Legos? I kind of like that <laughs> quite a bit. Again, Jamie Foxx just being funny as hell. Yeah. Pretty much everything he said was very good. And they start to get it done. And this is what I really appreciate. Like, not just Spider-Man, but his universe is full of like genius scientists. And if you can get Norman to be... Like, Norman. Norman, yeah. He's a pretty... Helpful guy to have around. He's something of a scientist himself. Yeah, he gets. And he got it's that so line, right. which is amazing. I can't believe he got the line in. It's incredible. They leaned into it, but also it made sense. Yeah. That's something he would say there. So, yeah, that was that was great to see Norman getting to work. And I did, especially the second time, catch when he says to Peter, you know, if you don't mind, like an interdimensional commute, I would love to give you a job at Oscorp. Yeah. And, like, particularly where Peter's going, and he was already having trouble, like, getting into MIT. Like, that's just another thing. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, this guy is skilled. Uh, yeah. It's a shame that, like, life is just not going to work out for him. Um, yeah. But thoughts, I mean, there's, it's both to kind of take a turn near the end of this scene, but thoughts on the, uh, the villains in Happy's apartment scene? I'll be honest, I was kind of bored through this whole sequence. Whoa. This was, like, the low part, point of the movie for me. Like, up up until the big thing that happens right after this, uh, until that happened, honestly, I was, I, was, I was bored, which was surprising because it's like, you would think this, like, even looking back on it, I was like, how was I bored? And I can't even explain why I didn't really like it. I, I'd be really interested to see it a second time and see if my opinion changes because on paper, I like everything that happens, but I, I, I found myself getting bored and just sort of not really caring about the scene or the fight that happens afterwards. It, I I was I'm kind of surprised looking back on it to be honest. Or the fight. Well, that wow. is yeah. that is shocking. You know what? Let's go let's go there then. So, they recreate the inhibitor chip. Like Doc Ock was probably the most obvious one how to fix because yeah. we know exactly what went wrong. Yes. It's a big part of the movie that he was in, so they fix the inhibitor chip, they install it. You think Ock's dead briefly. Oh, hold on. Before we get in there, Fantastic line from Aunt May. Do you want fresh or salt? Oh, yeah. I love that. <laughs> that was great. Because you're an octopus. Because you're an octopus. Octopus. Uh, she's gotten <laughs> into the wine. Yeah, she's gotten into the wine. That's right. Yeah, that was a, an amazing and earnest line from, from Aunt May. Uh, anyway, so then they, they bring him back. And I thought as impressive as Molina was playing, once again, villainous Octavius, it was... 
wonderful to see the relief on his face as he was once again himself. Both yeah. him and uh, and Defoe. Not that Jamie Foxx in particular didn't also do a phenomenal job, but he didn't have to switch personalities. Yeah, the way that Ock or the way that Molina and Defoe did, and it like. Yeah, wonderful, wonderful to see. And then I, I kind of like the way they did Peter, Peter's spider sense in this movie. Holy shit, we jumped across the Doctor Strange fight. I'm so sorry. Oh, yeah. I don't know that I have that much to say other than that was cool as shit. Yeah, that was, was just really fucking cool. That was cool that was as shit. And cool. end of end of scene. That was cool as shit. Like the geometry thing was great. <laughs> that was just great. Oh, this is geometry. You're great at geometry. Yeah. yeah that, that was uh, very satisfying. And again... It's tough to know who to cheer for in that scene. You're going to cheer for Spider-Man because it's his movie. But if if Strange won and hit the button, I wouldn't have been upset, you know, yeah. because that makes sense, too. Except that just yeah. would have been the end of the movie. But apart yeah. <laughs> from that. Unfortunately, yeah. Oh, the, the spider. The reason I brought it up was the spider sense where his body still has spider sense and is evading yeah. Strange. Oh, man. That was so. How are you doing this? I don't know. This feels so weird. <laughs> Anyway, that was yeah. great. And I also like the spider sense being just like an alarm in his brain telling him that yeah. Gobby had taken over uh, Norman's yeah. brain until he figures it out and then webs Norman's are. And then you get Defoe's face. Defoe showing oh, why so you bring good. in Willem Defoe. The face just changes. Remarkable. And he convinces – he rightly – well, not rightly, but he convincingly convinces Electro to rip off the uh, – device inhibitor for yeah, yeah, the device yeah. for lack of a better word which made sense because electro didn't want to lose the power he likes it and then that's enough to spook sandman and then seeing those guys is enough to spook um the lizard and then electro was the one who blasts Ox. so there you go i mean it norman kind of ruined everything and it led into a phenomenal i mean i can't believe you're bored matt a phenomenal fight i thought between norman osborne and uh, and tom holland i mean it comes together in a in kind of a brutal scene, but like just the, it felt very grounded. Like they're punching each other through floors, and then Tom hasn't really encountered a villain that he can't like punch. If he just got like a clean hit, you yeah. know, on Vulture mm-hmm. or Mysterio, he wins. And just to see him a getting pummeled by Norman, but then at the end when he finally gets some good hits and he's just like punching him in the face and he's laughing through, it's like yeah. <laughs> I got superpowers too, bitch. Yeah. Uh, that was wonderful, and I also. Uh, door where norman's costume got by the end of this scene oh, oh my yeah. goodness he so looked good, good. Looks yeah. i was sort of disappointed at first when they were covering up and then once i realized what they were doing it's like okay yeah I- i'm on board yeah but hell the- yeah one thing i will say though is i'm 90 percent sure that none of that spooked the lizard the lizard was preparing for that the whole time yeah, he says something along the lines of "Here they, here it comes." So it begins, I think. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that. that was one other thing I have to say that felt just a little bit too convenient for me. That the lizard was just like, "No, nah, he wants to stay in the truck downstairs." It's like, yeah, and you just why, let though? him. Yeah, I, I did see some people basically criticizing the movie. It's like you really thought that bringing five supervillains to an apartment was a good idea, and it's like, I think the combination of Spider-Man and May's naivete—they could fix things. I was like, yeah, I yeah, hundred percent, they would do that. I, is it I, a good I, move? No. Do I believe that those characters would do it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And same thing. It's like, okay, you better behave, though. We're going to fix you. Yeah. Because he probably also wasn't super forthcoming. I mean, he did make some jokes about fixing people by turning them to lizards. But when you yeah. look at that guy and you don't know his story, to say, hey, do you want to not be a lizard anymore? You yeah. you would just assume that that's what he wants. Yeah. 
And then, and, and of course, like it works, right? That That's the thing is they have the skeptics and then they fix Auk. And so you kind of think, oh, they're bringing them around. And then it just all goes very wrong. Yeah. Um, anyway, we, we must move on. We must move on uh, because, oh my God, they fucking killed Aunt May. They pulled a Spider-Man PS4 and they killed Aunt May. I honestly think it was done better in the game, partly because it was like the climax of it. But um, I thought that this was a still a pretty solid scene. You know, first she gets hit by the goblin glider and you're like, oof, yeah, that's rough. And then she gets a bomb exploded very close to her and you're like, oof, that's rough. And then she gets up it's like, wow, oh. am I about to complain? Is this going to be my first major criticism that Aunt May somehow survived that? And then, and then <laughs> yeah, I thought that Marissa Tomei did a wonderful job in this scene. Just her facial expressions are kind of wobbly and then the kind of like she's starting to lose it because she keeps repeating stuff. Yeah. Know? Yep. Just got knocked on my ass. I just need to catch my breath. Just got to catch my breath. And she lies down. It's okay. I'm okay. Just got to catch my breath. And then, again, watching this in the second time, no music. No music there. Um, Just just Tom crying into Marissa Tomei's face. And before that, of course, I shouldn't skip over it. She does get the great power. Except she says, must also come. She switched up ever so slightly. But they turned Aunt May into Uncle Ben. And uh, I still don't know if I love it. But I know that I like it. Let's put it like that. There's a lot of stuff in this movie that I love. Don't know that I love yeah. this, but uh, I do yeah. I do like it. Yeah. I, I would yeah, agree. Not a home run, but I thought it was good. A solid double. Yes. Yeah. They they did what they could because pretty much after this, the movie hits near perfect trajectory. So let's cruise on. Although I do want to say, again, more directorial stuff. I thought the the shot of Spider Man like crying in the rain when he's looking at J. Jonah Jameson talking about how much of a piece of shit he is while he's just lost maybe the most important person in his, li- in his life. Yeah. I thought that was a wonderful shot and a great mood oh, setting. And so let's good. just, let's just come back to JK Simmons. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> picture oh, perfect. I yeah. missed you so much. And I'm glad going in, like you probably wondered how much is he and how much are the villains and how much are the other two Spider-Men potentially going to do. They got a good chunk of time. The only person who didn't have a good chunk of time was Matt Murdock. Daredevil's back. Yeah. Yay. It was so nice to see him. I wish he had more to do, but it's it's really yeah. nice to just confirm that he's going to be back. Yeah. A very stuffed movie. Oh, he did have a really good line at the end, though. You're going to need a really good lawyer. Brick comes to a thing. <laughs> How did you do that? I'm a really, really good, good lawyer. lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he didn't have much. But he, he crushed it. I also thought that the police guy, like, in, interrogating the people, that was a pretty fun scene, to be honest, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Especially with Ned Leeds. Oh, so you're saying that in Spider-Man's Illegal Vigilantism, you were his main accomplice? Oh, shit. That yeah. was all very good. Anyway, okay. Blah, blah, blah. We're into the into the main shit now. So then it cuts to Ned and MJ. Do I love Ned? Has uh, magic powers now? No. Am I happy where it got us? Sure. Okay, if yeah. that's if the cost of seeing Toby and Andrew in this movie was Ned can do Doctor Strange things without any training, I can survive that. Yeah. In a, in a lesser movie, I probably would bother me, but whatever. So then we get a couple scenes where they're just like, I wish I could see Peter. He's he summons it, and then I assume like our crowd didn't cheer immediately, but I'm assuming you guys are in the same boat. As soon as I saw that Spider-Man suit. I knew that was Andrew Garfield. That was it was very clearly his suit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then he appears. He gets a big cheer, and he gets to be funny. I th- 
both him and Jamie Foxx, I think, had the farthest to climb because their movie was Terrible. Um, the worst of the three. Yeah. yeah, they didn't have the same kind of love built up. Yeah, yeah. So the fact that they, I mean, they really, I think, both of them used this to uh, to redeem themselves and their characters. Because I thought the the whole scene with Andrew before um, Toby shows up was was cute. You know, I have the tingle, but not for bread. <laughs> yeah. yeah it's like this this is not convincing you this this is not good this enough. is enough this is enough no it yeah. is it is enough she just wondered could you could you just get the cobweb one? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah sure that was great and then they do it again and then we get to see toby there was a big cheer in our group this these both got small cheers when i went to see it the second time with you guys these both got a big cheer but i think my favorite line of the movie was not actually said in the movie it was said by the girl in the back left who as soon as she saw toby didn't cheer she yelled shut the fuck up yeah. and that was my favorite reaction somehow better than cheering yeah. because like we cheered but we knew we yeah. knew yeah. that was an honest to god what the fuck yeah i got to say i am i'm very jealous of that reaction i'm like i'm very sensitive to to spoilers and trailers and stuff like that and uh i'll I'll be honest i was like i was angry at the trailer after the movie like leaving the theater i'm like that was great but can you fucking imagine if we didn't know you know like i still very much enjoyed it seeing them back was fantastic but can you like oh that would have been like an all-time theater moment if we didn't know yeah you yeah. know it's it's really unfortunate they could have endgamed it too like everyone was going to this movie you could have done what they did with endgame where you make a trailer out of the first like beginnings like you could have yeah. found a way yes. but they you know they decided against it for whatever reason it was probably still a smart move to not put the other spider-man in the trailer but in addition to the rumors which are really unfortunate once you like, we know that the multiverse is opening up, and we know the villains came in. Why couldn't the heroes come in? It starts to become just an inevitability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Yeah, I've and, the Matrix. It was still, a, it was still a really cool moment. Um, you know, there was there was no surprise for any of the villains, but you know, seeing the Spider Man, it was it was still a very happy moment. But just instead of you know, shut the fuck up, yeah. it was like, oh, they are here. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I actually I thought. Agree. I mean. I was like, I mean, obviously I love the, the fact that everybody was there. I was kind of worried about Toby because for like a lot of the movie that he's in, his facial expressions don't exist. He's just, he's gotten older, I think. Yeah. And yeah. he hasn't acted as much. Like the other yeah. two are still, I mean, Tom obviously is the current guy, but Andrew yeah. is still like a big, big actor. You just That's don't true. see Toby that much. But, and, but then like the important thing and, and like, obviously this is skipping to the end, but there. The two moments where he had to emote, I thought he like the one the one on the roof, um, where they're yeah. talking to to Tom Holland, and then the one at the very very end with the glider. Yeah, um, I was Which like, is okay, weird because his his face was stiff, but it was like stiff but determined. Yeah, like this the the two moments he had to nail, he nailed. Um, yeah, yeah. I will job. say, I thought, uh, yeah, I thought Tobey Maguire's Spider Man felt like a different character than he was in the original movies which can happen like he's he's older it it was slightly jarring to me i still liked the character a lot like i thought he was very good but i didn't notice where i just sort of felt like this isn't really the same it doesn't feel like the spider-man from spider-man one to three well i would have liked for them to commit to him 
like living more of a life than the other ones did. Like, I mean, the question was, were they similar to the villains or they kind of came at the same time the villains did or did they not? And Andrew really answers that question by saying, you know, I became bitter. I became more brutal. Like he says, yeah, they've that gone on. on. Scene. Toby doesn't really talk about that. Like he sort of gets there when he's talking about, you know, Mary Jane, but really everything he says kind of happened in the third movie. Um, yeah. So to me, it didn't feel like the character from, uh, Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, it did feel like something that he might have turned into over time. I would have just like a little more confirmation that that amount of time happened, you know, in the same way yeah. that Peter B. Parker did in Into the Spider-Verse. Yeah, I agree with you. Would, yeah, I would have loved to see nice. the same thing. That, I think, actually touches on my biggest criticism of the movie as a whole in that I feel like um, I really wanted them to dig more into, um, like what has actually happened to these characters and how they interact with each other, but also their own villains. Um, mm-hmm. Every, I got every scene with the Spider-Men was amazing. I thought it was all fantastic. Mm-hmm. It was super cool to see, but yeah, I would have liked just some more depth to what it was, what it kind of meant for them to be here now and sort of what's changed for them. And how how they sort of, you know, there was a lot of interactions that I was sort of expecting to happen between the Spider-Men or each individual Spider-Man and their respective villains. That just didn't really happen. And I wish we would have got a bit more of that. That That's probably my biggest problem with the movie overall. I think their hand wavy attempt at like dealing with that was when they show up, they are that they know when they show up, they're not saying, I don't know why I'm here in the same way the villains are. They say, I've, I've been looking for the Peter of this universe because I feel like he needs us. Yeah. yeah. You know, so really their mindset, the entire, I don't, I understand what you're saying and I agree that would have been nice, but I think that was their attempt at explaining it. Like these guys, they know they're here in a, in a support role to support this Spider-Man. This isn't their story and they seem to know that, which I kind of appreciated. Yeah. And I like that we got to see some quirks. Right? We see like Toby's back hurts and Andrew's like way more insecure than the other two because he didn't have like because Toby's got experience and Peter and uh, and Tom has a support network, mm-hmm. but Andrew's really got nothing, so he's super insecure. Um, yeah, because his best friend went rogue and his girlfriend died, yeah. so like he's he's got nothing really. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. th- so I I really like that they showed those personality differences and like all the interactions between them were great. The Avengers? Is that a band? Were you in a oh, band? So like, good. oh, the whole was, thing. Yeah, or particularly like, I mean, my favorite line of that is actually the opening one that the Toby says, "The Avengers, that's great." What is that? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yes. And, yes. And then later on, Tom starts to explain, and he just yells, "How is this helping?" <laughs> <laughs> the Earth Mightiest. How is this helping? Yeah, which is like. Yeah, uh, a great moment, but we're getting ahead of ourselves. I know we want to keep moving, and we will keep moving, but we do. I did also appreciate, uh, particularly because it was Peter being smart without Tony Stark, that they went and they decided we're going to cure. First of all, I mean, I know we're running low on time, Adam, um, but the scene on the roof with all of them, I thought that was great, where they kind of all talk about their shared experiences. That was great. I thought that um, Andrew and Toby had a lot of, like, emotional maturity to them. Yes. just yeah. for example, when Tom said, I lost someone who I really loved. I could have saved her. You don't know what that's like. Like a less mature Spider-Man or the gut reaction that I think a lot of people would want to have would be like, no, fuck you. I do know what that's like. You yeah. don't know me. You don't know me. But yeah. Andrew's he's, he's come beyond that. He knows. So he just says, okay, 
You know, he lets Tom get his anger out, and then they they hit him with the stuff later. And I like when Tom was making that speech, going like, "This is not this is not my problem. This is your problem." Like, I'm sorry that you guys are going to kill these people in your universe, but like, I'm done. Like when I was watching, I'm like, I, I agree with everything he said. Yeah. But and it took Toby convincing both Tom and me to basically say, like, look, our universes, we didn't have the power to save them. We do in here. The three of us can do it together. We can save these people. And uh, because we can, we should. With great power comes great, comes great responsibility. responsibility. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tremendous. Uh. So that was a great scene. And then they go and they get their... I mean that was cute, but not super funny. And then they go and they get the uh, the science montage, yeah. the science bros. It's also where we get the closest thing to the Spider Man meme. Yeah. Hey Peter. Yeah. What? what? I mean, I mean Peter Parker. What? what? <laughs> yeah. We're all we're all again watching it the second time. There was less laughing, so I could hear that they they all say the exact same lines every Excellent. time. Excellent. Yeah. So they like it's like I'm not Peter Parker, but he's Peter, and they all say them at the same. T- it was. Very well done. Uh, Ned kind of sidling up to Toby and being like, what happened to you? Do you have a best friend? I did. And he tried to kill me and he died in my arms. Which is played <laughs> for laughs. Which is, it's like it's a very dark thing. But I guess we're going off Ned's reaction yeah. rather than Toby's pain because Toby's uh, now matured beyond it. But there were just a lot of great scenes in that. Especially, and this is the thing that reminded me of Game of Thrones because it was a prediction that came true. Talking about how Toby just makes it himself. Oh, yeah, does that, right. Oh, does that yeah. just come out of me? Does it come out of anywhere else? <laughs> it's like, no, no, just there is. And then the, the, the <laughs> Do you ever get web block? It's like, yeah, yeah. How, how, yeah does that, totally. how does that happen? Existential crisis? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I've been there. I've been yeah. there, yeah. The, the scenes where the three of them were just talking about their different experiences of Spider-Man is my favorite part of the They're movie so by good. far. It yeah. was so fun every time. Yeah. I, I turned to Adam and I said, I don't need a final fight. I'd be happy yeah. just to hear these guys like shooting this shit and trying to cure people the entire time. I also liked um, both like to me, their personalities all felt very different and they maintain that, you know, like Toby was a little similar to in his movie. He's a little older. He's a little quieter. He's a little sweeter, you know, yeah. whereas Andrew's a little bit younger. He's a little more erratic, you know, and then Tom's is kind of like a golden retriever type deal. You know, they all yeah. had different feels to them that they maintained. I also noticed particularly in the final fight, uh, like Tom always lands in like a Spider-Man PS4 type deal, like with one hand down, one hand up, almost like Black Widow. Yeah. But Toby's pose is like the cat perched, you know? Yeah. That was his pose. Mm-hmm. And then when they land triumphantly for that final shot, they all do. And I assume Andrew has a unique one too. I just didn't pay attention enough to his movie. But I was like, hmm. In addition to their music being their own, their lines being their own, their personalities being their own. They also are maintaining their own uh, visual style in terms of just their movement. And I found that mm, very satisfying. Yeah, it was surprisingly easy, actually, to tell them apart when they're, you know, flying around with the big action scene. And I know, like, you know, Tom's suit is different, but, like, Toby and Andrew's suits are, I mean, they're different, but they're fairly similar. Um, Especially just, when it's in motion, right? Like, oh, yeah. You, yeah. Yeah, but just the way that they're moving around and stuff like that, they did a pretty good job for the most part. Um, of like differentiating which one was which. I think there was only one moment where one of them took off the mask and it's like, oh, I thought you were the other guy. Okay. <laughs> we should, uh, I, I do want to give credit to Andrew for one of the funniest lines in the movie. So are you a cool youth pastor or do you have a suit? Are you going to just go around and say cool youth pastor? And then just Toby pulls down the shirt. He's like, ah, right. ah there it is. Yeah. yeah, great. Fantastic. Uh, okay, so I wrote down just the for the final bit, uh, I, the, the, basically to end the show because I don't know 
You know what? We got two sections more. Adam, can you? Are you okay if we go? I, we have two I, seconds. More? I have like five minutes. Then I gotta go. Just okay. We'll, we'll make the attempt. Um, there are two things. I just want to. This section is gonna be called lines that were great. So if you have a line that was awesome that we haven't talked about yet, um, get it out now. Uh, we already talked about. It. Does that come out of you? Your <laughs> web block. Uh, one of the things that I loved, especially because Andrew clearly feels self conscious about his movies and his movies were the worst. Toby just saying, "You're amazing." Yeah. No, you are amazing. Enough with this bad no, self talk. So yeah. You're yeah. and. This is the fact that it's the Amazing Spider-Man, so kind of yeah. cute. But just like, what a great... He kind of comforted Tom's pain and Andrew's rage and insecurity. Yeah. He was exactly the Spider-Man that they both needed. I thought that was wonderful. We talked about something of a scientist myself. Uh, I love, in this final scene, I thought that Electro was like full-powered, pun intended. Electro was a marvel, again, pun intended, to see. Love seeing yeah. him. Auk comes back. And by the way, jump in here if you know of one too. Yeah. But all coming back, like faking as if he's the villain yeah. and then the, taking the down Electro. The heel face turn was great. I loved that. Mm-hmm. Love him because it maintained his arc too. And then yeah. when Auk breaks down, when he sees older Peter and he says, Peter, you're all grown up. Yeah. How are you? And then Peter says, trying to do better. What a great, yeah. wonderful, what honest a... answer. Oh, no, I know what the best line in the movie was. You're in so much pain right now, aren't you? Yeah. 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 <laughs> that was one that I saw people criticize because I mean that was later on. Um, I thought again we talked about a little bit earlier on, but the goblin fight was brutal and incredible, and uh, Willem Dafoe is perfect, and he instantly becomes one of the MCU's best villains. I love that final fight so much. But uh, that was one of the things that people were. I saw people complaining about. It's like mm, he just got stabbed. Maybe he should have died instead of making a joke. It's like no. First of all, he has been stabbed before. Yeah. And second of all. This is Spider-Man we're talking about. This is not, you know, a down character. This is exactly the character who would quip. It's a Spider-Man yeah. quipping to another Spider-Man. Yeah, it, of course he's it couldn't quit. be more perfect. No, that was that was I loved all of that. There was a part of me that when he got stabbed was like, "Oh shit, are they killing him off?" And then uh and then, you know, he stands up and is like, "Okay, no, no, no. That makes sense." Uh I've been stabbed before. That was just that's Yeah. But I, I really liked, like, it wasn't a line, but the moment just before that when they see Peter beating the crap out of Willem Dafoe, and you, the other two Spider-Men just sort of look at each other, and they don't say anything, but you know? Yeah, they Cause, know, like, yeah. Because Andrew goes off to get the cure, and and Toby jumps in to... And I really like that, because in, in a vacuum, that sh- kind of should have been the other way around, because Andrew is more sprightly, but this is Toby's problem, right? This is Toby's villain. So he goes. Yeah. He stops. Basically, he stops Peter from doing exactly what he sort of didn't do. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does mm-hmm. what he didn't do, and he stops the glider, which is kind of completes his arc. Yeah. There were a couple other things that, again, this is so tough to to wrap it up quickly because there's so many good things. Um, but like Andrew confidently saying that he knows how to cure a couple people back of the thing, and then Toby saying, "I know how to cure um, Goblin because that is what we're doing, right? Yeah. We're curing them." Got to cure them all. Like, oh, he's yeah. really hammering home. Yep, laying into that. And then you can really see it in his eyes when he's saying to Tom, he's like, hey, no, this is not what we're about. We're we're curing them. But a scene that I do not want to skip over is the phenomenal acting of Andrew Garfield when he catches MJ after not catching. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That was amazing. Yeah. Oh, because you, yeah, you, see, you see Tom go for her and then get sideswiped. And then the look on his face. Oh, that was so well done. I'm... 
very glad that that got a cheer in our first showing because it didn't get as big of a cheer in the second showing. But I thought that was one of the most important. Again, it was a scene that we kind of predicted. I think a lot of people were like, it would be nice if he got redemption for Gwen missing Gwen. But that's easily the most famous thing that happened in his trilogy. And uh, and clearly something he still carries with him. Sorry, not trilogy. His duology. Yeah. his movies, but yeah, it was wonderful to see him him get redemption at the end. Matt, we haven't heard from you in a while. I wanted, I do want to talk about where this movie ends, mm-hmm. um, but anything in the final like third of the movie that we missed? I mean, yeah, the moment with Andrew jumping down and saving MJ is like that is the highlight moment of the movie for me. Like I, I never actually watched Andrew Garfield's movies, but I'm like aware of what happened in them, and it still almost made me cry. Uh, like that moment was just unbelievable. And another moment I wanted to point out um, was, I, I believe it's with Doc Ock, but I, I can't remember 100% sure. It's either him or Green Goblin. And I forget the what actually happens in the moment, but they just have a mu- uh, like a music cue from the original Spider-Man movies. They're like, da, 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 da. Um, like bringing back that theme. It was like, that just another like perfect moment for the movie not anything super dramatic but it's just like they know so well how to pay off the fandom um and yeah i I just couldn't couldn't not mention that moment even though i honestly completely forget what what happens then no, it's totally fine. I mean, I think that I'm sure that the music in Spider-Man, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man was used, but Danny Elfman's score from the original trilogy is so iconic. Yeah. So whenever they brought that back, it was used to great effect. Okay, I don't, I'll be honest, we can talk about this another day. I don't totally understand the logistics of the final wish, whatever, <laughs> fine. What I do want to talk about today is the fact that they told us they weren't going to tell us the Spider-Man origin story, and ultimately it was a three-movie origin story because now Peter is exactly where we expected him. He's starting college or trying to. He has to get his GED. He's living in a piece-of-shit apartment. He's uh, going to struggle with money. He's going to struggle with everything else. No one remembers who he is. They took It took them three movies, but ultimately now he's actually in a place to be classic Spider-Man, Spider-Man yeah. which is like a, a magic trick. That they pulled off. I still am not totally sure how they did it, but I know I'm excited for it because, yeah, we'll we'll talk about the epilogue and stuff maybe another day. But uh, yeah, I love where this movie ended off. It 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 sucked for Peter. Spider-Man one, Peter had to lose. Yeah. But I'm very excited for where this movie ended yeah. off. It was hard to watch, but it was very well done. Yeah. Yeah, I I loved the ending. I thought it was great. Okay, Adam, do you still have time for the obscure Pokemon fact of the day? If we do it in like th- two minutes, yes, I do. Well, that depends on you guys. You know, right. I asked the question already. It's the first question I actually asked you guys uh, off air before. There's only one Pokemon in the uh, Pokemon history that cannot learn any normal moves. What is it? I'll give you a hint. It is a bug type found very early. Can't learn any normal. No type. normal moves. What bug wouldn't be able to learn tackle? It seems like it, it should learn tackle, but it doesn't. Weedle? Weedle. Well done. Oh. We learns poison sting instead of tackle and then only learns like four moves. Kakuna gets hardened, butter or Caterpie gets tackle. Yeah. Weedle gets poison sting. So it learns no normal moves. I made that real easy for you because I didn't want you guys to be stuck for there for too long. This is actually the fun fact that I was more excited for. Um, there's a single I'm gonna read you uh, three different facts and then I'll give you the types to help you along. This okay. is about mm-hmm. type switching. Okay. Okay. 
there's only one single-typed Pokemon who evolves into a dual-type Pokemon with neither of those new types being its original type. Ooh. Oh. I'll give that ruminate on that mm. one. Okay. Okay. I'll give you the second one. Yeah. There's only one dual type Pokemon that becomes single type upon evolution. Oh, I think I might know that one. I do know that one. And and the, okay, what is it? It's Gloom into Blossom. Well done, well done. And then uh, of all the Pokemon who change type on evolution, or sorry, I actually have four. Of all the Pokemon who change type upon evolution, only one has the order of the type also cha- uh, change. Oh. Sorry. Huh. So like they're they're fire water and they become water fire. Yes. Okay. Like it loses its primary type. I got, this one's kind of oh. mixed up with the with the other one, okay. which is of all the Pokemon who gain a new type upon evolution, only one Pokemon it become the new type becomes its primary type. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I'm not sure if I know the order of the types well enough to. All right. So let's let's go back to the first out, one. So there's yeah. there's only one who who. They start as a type and they become two others. Yeah, they become two two types. So I that will isn't the first one. The, the yeah. hint I'll give you guys right at the beginning before I give you the types okay. is uh, none of these Pokemon are a traditional like Charmander, Charmeleon, Charizard. Yeah. Blossom is the most traditional, but even then it was out of the generation later. Yeah. You guys need to think about outside the box. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge <laughs> for these for these Pokemon. Okay, so they may have had a traditional evolution. And, and then, then they had a later. branch. Okay. Yes. Okay. Okay. So single type. My immediate Pokemon thought is it's maybe something that becomes a ghost, but I can't think of what that. You're would bang be. on. You're bang on. That's one of the. That's one of the new types. <sighs> it's not Shedinja because he's sti- still a bug. Um, okay. What starts as not a ghost and then becomes a ghost? I will give you a second hint. This will still not be the final hint that I'm going to give you guys is the types. Okay. I don't, I, that would make things too easy. Yeah. Um, but Shedinja's close. Blossom's close. Think regional variants. For oh. These next oh, oh, oh. Um, uh, Cubone into Alolan Marowak? Bingo! Yeah, that's it. Hey. Yeah, ground into ghost fire. Well done. Yeah. That's one. Okay. So then the other two, I'll read off exactly. Again, I feel like this could be one stat or this one one line, but a Pokemon who gains a new type upon evolution, and the new type becomes its primary type. But as far as I could tell, that's also exactly what happens oh. for the second one. Uh, is that Onyx oh. into Steelix? No. Oh. Rock ground into Steel ground, but I guess not. Um, uh, is it um what's it called uh, Pikachu into a Lolan Raichu? Nope, it's still electric. Still electric first. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to need a hint here. I'm gonna, don't give me both sets of types. Give me one or the other. I, well, I'll tell you. So, again, we're looking for two Pokemon because I'm just looking at, like, they explain the rules later yeah. on in the comments. Yeah. Um, but both times, both sets of Pokemon involve psychic types. The base is a psychic? The original base is a psychic type, and then both times the evolution, the psychic type, becomes no secondary. Secondary. Correct. Huh. Okay. Hmm. Okay, so what psychic types acquire a new type on evolution? I guess what they're saying is, okay, hold on, I'm going to reread this again. So, the first Pokemon that we're looking for is a pure psychic type. The second Pokemon that I'm looking for is a dual type that evolves into another dual type. 
and psychic stays, but it's now a secondary. Oh, okay. okay gotcha. I think I get it. So it's psychic something, it becomes something else psychic. Correct. And the first one yeah. is just psychic, and then that psychic gets kicked out for something else. Okay. Yeah. Ooh. And I, I honestly, I feel like if I gave you the, the dual type at this point... You'd give it, it would, away? It would give it away. Mm. I will... The, the next hint, because I don't want to be here forever. Yeah. I know Adam doesn't want to be here no. forever. Both Pokemon are tangentially related to Generation 1. If you think of Generation 1 Pokemon, mm -hmm. you will get there. Okay. Okay. Hmm. There aren't there aren't very many Gen One Psychic types. Um, there are a couple. Oh, uh, Mr. Mime. He. Oh no. But, so is it oh, Mime Junior? Yeah, yeah. Yes. What about it? What about it? Because he becomes. Oh, uh, is it Mr. Rhyme? He becomes Ice Psychic. Ice Psychic. Yeah, yeah. What's Mime Junior's typing? Psychic Fairy. Correct. So, bingo. So Psychic Fairy becomes Ice Psychic. So it loses Fairy. It ke it keeps Psychic, but Psychic becomes its secondary typing. Yeah. So okay. what you're still missing is a pure psychic type that becomes pure psychic. Something, psychic. something psychic. And I will say, again, hints to try and navigate you guys around. Uh, in this case, the original Pokemon is also a variant. So no more Mr. M uh, Mime Jr. or Cubone uh, normal into variant bullshit. Okay. All Pokemon involved here are regional variants. Okay. Okay, so it's... So something that wasn't in its original incarnation psychic, but its regional variant is. It it in the original incarnation was also psychic, but I think oh. the original incarnation had a dual type that the regional variant apparently does not. Yeah. Oh. oh, is is it um, um, uh, slowpoke into uh, the uh, Galarian slowking? You betcha. So hey. both so slowpoke Galarian slowpoke is a pure psychic type. It's not psychic water, and it's Galarian not psychic poison. Oh. Okay. Correct. Galarian Slowbro and Galarian Slowking. Both of them are poison psychic. Okay, I wouldn't have got that because I thought Galarian Slowpoke was poison psychic. Too. I honestly forgot about Galarian Slowpoke. I was just thinking about regular Slowpoke. Well done. There you go. Well but done, we everybody. Anyway. Obscure fact of the day. I think this was a lot harder than the last one. Yeah, this one was tricky. It was. Uh, which is good because I don't want Adam to get them all in 10 seconds. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so this is good. But well, I got gloom right away, so I, I'm taking that. You sure one. did. Speaking of things that are good, Spider-Man No Way Home is good. I might go see it again tonight. We'll see. I'm considering it. Uh, in the meantime, everyone out there, have a great week. Have a safe week. We'll see you next time. For Hawkeye.